Where am I going? What is the purpose of my life? Will I ever discover who I am? Welcome to Sit at My Table. Uh, so my name is Dana Monsoor. Uh, I recently just took over ownership of Derby City Nutrition uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. So basically, we just make protein shakes, sell supplements, teach some fitness classes, and help people uh, reach whatever uh, fitness and health goals that they have. I've had a lot of success losing weight myself and getting healthier myself. So I just kind of wanted to help other people do it as well. Yeah. So uh, I, when did you start your your like big like weight loss journey or transformation kind of thing when was that uh in april of 2017 um i was had just started a new job bartending and somebody had written a really mean yelp review and it really hurt my feelings and so i realized it 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 hurt my feelings not because of the comments that he was making but it made me realize how much i didn't care about myself and didn't care about my health so it really kick-started me into starting to take care of myself yeah that's what uh i never got the opportunity to talk to you about like what inspired you or what it is but i remember when you first started you uh uh i think it was you were on i found you on instagram first something like that and you were sharing your story and it's been quite a transformation it's uh i don't know it's just it's awesome to watch uh people's transformation stories because it's so it's something so tangible uh especially when it comes to like weight loss and then of course I was kind of on my own like weight loss journey there uh right about the same time I had gotten up to pretty much the biggest I had ever been and so I, when I saw you doing it I actually talked to my now wife then my fiance I was like man I gotta I gotta start figuring something out and so I actually uh, lost quite a bit of weight myself and it's been awesome. So, uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, what, uh, so at Derby city, what is it that you guys like? Is it like Herbalife? Is that what you guys are selling? Yeah. So we use all Herbalife products. Um, I've used a bunch of different ones. It just happened to be what worked best for me. So day-to-day operations, we have people come in and, um, essentially we do this three-step process that's shake tea aloe. So it's, a uh, and aloe shooter was help, which which helps with the digestion, and then we do a tea, which boosts your energy, stimulates your metabolism, and then we do our protein shakes. And all of our shakes are under 300 calories. They're at least 24 grams of protein. They have 21 vitamins and minerals in them, so you can use it as a meal replacement, or you can use it as a healthy snack. So, um, whichever whichever way, if you're looking to gain muscle, uh, tone up, lose weight, whatever the case may be, um, we have options for everybody. Nice. So, uh, I want to get into kind of, so you, you hit a point where you made the decision like, all right, I want to get healthier. I want to get in better shape, but up till then, what, uh, what do you think really contributed to like your unhealthy lifestyle? Was it just like a lack of awareness was, is there some part of your story that kind of, you know, I guess, feeds into that or you know just whatever that kind of background is yeah so I actually um I've been bigger my whole life um I mean as far as I can remember and I believe like you were the actually the first person in Lexington that I had this conversation with but um 
I am a sexual, sexual abuse survivor, um, stemming from childhood. And so, um, you know, that's always played a huge part in the way that I saw myself and growing up, you know, I didn't care about myself and I didn't love myself. And the way that I, the, the things that I put in my body showed that. And so, um, leading up to that point, you know, I had just started therapy a few months earlier, um, to when I started my weight loss journey. Um, I was drinking pretty heavily. Um, at that point in time, I really wasn't having any contact with my family at all. Um, and all of this played a huge part in my mental health. Um, and it was just, it was kind of going down the rabbit hole. The more, you know, I'd gotten fired from, um, I had gotten fired from a job that I was, you know, I was making decent money at, I wasn't necessarily happy there, but I was doing well for myself there. So I got fired from that job because of my drinking and because of how unhappy and miserable I was and how I treated everyone. And it just, things just kept piling on. Um, and so I kind of, when it, when I hit that moment, when I read that Yelp review, um, like I said, it wasn't like, Oh my God, this guy's so mean. I can't believe somebody's would say that means something mean like that on the internet. It wasn't that it was uh, how he phrased it is um, the bartender doesn't obviously doesn't know what good health means to you. And that wording I think made all the difference because I realized that like, even though I had started to go to therapy and started working on things, one of the biggest things that I had an issue with was my self-esteem and the way that I viewed myself. And so, um, you know, as much as it sucks that that's what kind of pushed me, um, it kind of opened my eyes to realize that, you know, going to therapy wasn't the only thing that was going to help my mental health. Like I had to take care of, you know, I had to take care of my physical as much as I was my mental. So it really, you know, getting that therapy for getting the therapy for my sexual abuse history was incredibly important. And so was taking care of my physical health because it was a demonstration that I actually do care about myself. Right. I mean, I remember a very, so for me, it was a very similar kind of uh, just, you know, journey up to getting to a point where I was overweight and feeling just incredibly unhappy and miserable. And uh, I, so my story, I, as a kid, my family was uh, in like kind of a religious, basically cult where there was some like abuse a lot of like mental abuse and some physical abuse and stuff that occurred there as well and that really was kind of what played into just you know that overall self-esteem issue where you look at yourself and if you don't deal with it then people don't really understand it because you literally look at yourself in the mirror and you hate it like it sounds so cliche but it it really triggers you to want to bring harm on yourself and I don't think that a lot of people understand that like unhealthy eating or, you know, drinking, obesity, like all these things are actually forms of self-harm for some people. And just because you're not cutting yourself or something along those lines doesn't mean it's not kind of in that same, same realm. And for me, it was uh, very similar to that where I read, uh, man, I can't remember. I read a statistic that was like a certain percentage or whatever of trauma and abuse survivors become obese. And then it leads to this, this, and this. And I was like, man, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that statistic, you know? Like, right. uh, so then I, for me, it was intermittent fasting that I did and I ended up losing like around 60 pounds or whatever. But 
Uh, I just think, you know, like your story is one of you went through something that lingered and stuck with you. And obviously you found a way to become stronger than that. But do you still, you know, struggle at times with those old thoughts and just kind of that those memories and things? Oh, absolutely. Um, it's something uh, that I realized that this is just going to be a part of me the rest of my life, that these are um, there are certain things initially um, that I will I will have thoughts initially. And it's it's my job to curb those thoughts once I have them. And that's that's my job now. Um, I think a lot of the times people look at um, these thoughts and they think that there's no controlling them. And it's not even necessarily control, but there you have to find a way to overcome them. And so for me, it's it's not, oh, I can't have these thoughts. I can't have these thoughts. I know that I'm going to have these thoughts for the rest of my life. I've accepted that. But what I am not going to do is let those thoughts linger and let them manifest into something where I do go back to harming myself, um, no matter what, no matter what, what the case may be. So it's, you know, a lesson that I've had to learn is the cure to my negative self-talk is not control. It's bravery. It's, it's not having that control over the fear. It's accepting that it's part of my life, but moving forward anyways. Right. Yeah. There's, you have to kind of develop this. So uh, in, in counseling for me over the last, uh, I guess it's been about five or four years now, I've been going to counseling on and off to deal with this stuff. And you kind of have to develop a higher, like a higher mind or a higher thinking that absolutely I find myself at war where it's like, almost like there's two different people in my head. And one is like, this intense just like screaming like i like this you know that part of me that's trapped in the trauma and it wants to bring my entire being into it but you develop that higher mind where uh people might not know that you're sitting there talking to them looking normal and then there's a voice in your head literally screaming at you like wanting you to do terrible things or to just hide or to you know feel depressed and you have to overcome that and it's it's easy to fall into like that victim mindset. But like you said, it, these thoughts are inevitable. Once this occurs, they're not going away, you know, and that's a sad reality. But, um, are you, are you originally from Kentucky or where are you originally from? Uh, originally I'm from right outside Toledo. Okay. In Ohio. Yep. Okay. Cause, uh, Something that motivated me for this is in Kentucky, and I didn't know this. I found out that Kentucky and Indiana are the number one and number two states for child abuse in the entire nation. And it's, you know, driven me to want to find stories like this to where people can listen in. They can understand that, look, we there are people out there that know what you're experiencing, and it's not crazy. You're not crazy. This is a normal part of experiencing trauma and a lot of people don't know what trauma even is uh what's a in your experience with like counseling and stuff what are some strategies that you use to kind of get in touch with that higher mind and elevate above those thoughts and those kind of obsessions that try to creep back in um so two of the biggest things that i've learned how to do is um it, it sounds very sad at first, um, 
but it's really helped me move forward because a lot of what happened to me happened when I was a kid. So I would have these horrible negative self-talk. And the biggest thing that my therapist said was like, imagine saying that to yourself at 10 years old. And it's, it's a very moving exercise because for me, like sitting there and, and trying to say these things instead of looking in the mirror and like saying them to me as an adult now, sitting there and saying those things to, you know, eight-year-old Dana when, at, when this was at the height of it, um, it, it's incredibly difficult to say those things to a child. You know, I know it's, it's imaginary, but I mean, even making it more realistic picture saying it to your kid or your little sister, or I mean, not even that, but even saying it to your adult mother or your sibling, like it's incredibly difficult to look at yourself in the mirror and say those things to other people. And so one of the biggest things is if, if we can look in the mirror and say those things about ourselves, but we can't look at other people and say those things to the people that we love, like we deserve the same love and caring that we're giving other people. And so that's one of the, the hardest, hardest lessons that I've had to learn is, is learning to say those things, like say nice things to myself and, and be more understanding with myself um, and not allowing that negative self-talk to creep in. And, and uh, the other thing is, is having that self-doubt, um, especially like getting into the gym and being worried. I'm like, is this person... Like, what does this person think about me doing this? Or like the other thing that I have to realize is that, you know, you, everyone is, is trying to bed themselves. Everybody's doing everything they can, not just with the gym, but in life in general, like everybody out there is just trying to do the best that they can. And I think we put too much pressure on what everyone thinks about us. And that's something that I've had to deal with. Um, but we put this pressure on ourselves and I realized very quickly that, most people don't care. You know, if you're in the gym working out, most people will look at you and they might say, oh, that's weird. And then they're going to move on with their day. And I'm realizing that the people who linger on those negative thoughts are not the people that I want to be around anyways. And so those two right. are the biggest things that I've had to teach myself is, is that's helped me grow as a person and get out of that like anxiety and that negative self-talk is, are those two, uh, two things is just trying to put myself in other people's shoes and then, um, and I, I mean, I know that sounds cliche, but, um, and then the other thing, just having a little more sympathy for myself. Yeah, that the sympathy for yourself, that, that part can be, I find that that's one of the trickier parts because, uh, I don't know why, but it seems like no matter what type of like trauma you go through, for some reason you develop this overly critical sense of self and I remember the first time when I finally understood that everyone wasn't sitting around watching me and waiting for me to fail or you know judging me in some way and I was like oh my gosh it was it was like one of the first times my mind really opened up to see look like exactly what you're talking about everyone's not sitting around thinking about you everyone's not yeah. trying to destroy your life like there are people that care about you and the people who don't, you should just not surround yourself with those people. And I remember when that first clicked for me was when I very first got a taste of kind of freedom from that pressure. Or I like to call it liberation because liberation is 
freedom doesn't imply the same release. I feel like that liberation does. And I really feel that over time I have liberated myself. And I'm just curious, do you remember a time when you felt that kind of liberation and freedom for the first time that kind of became a catalyst for you to go on this journey? Um, I want to say probably like when I started traveling um, and that, that came from saving money on food and alcohol, like the less money that I spent on food and alcohol and the more weight I lost, um, the more money I had in my pocket to do the things that I really wanted to do. And so I remember um, my first trip was San Diego. I went by myself and I remember, um, I remember walking down the beach with my dog cause I had him. Um, we were at dog beach. It was incredible. And I, that, I think that moment right there where I was like, this is how good life can be when you, when you are taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it was for me. Um, is, is realizing that the work and the effort that I was putting into myself was worth it. Right. It It's almost like you get a taste of what your future can look like. Right. And it, it continuously, it, you build momentum as you go and you continuously get into this rhythm of a different way of being and a different way of thinking. And it, at first I didn't, uh, I didn't understand the I guess the concept that you have to retrain your mind and you have to completely rethink about the way you do and believe and at first uh, you know I was going to like psychiatrists who diagnosed me with like bipolar disorder and I was just like all over the place and over time though I realized that you know all of this was stemming from that original trauma and if you keep working and you keep sowing uh, you know the seeds of whatever it is you want to reap, you can change and you can turn your life around and you, you can be exactly what you want to be in. Uh, I just feel that there's not enough out there that's, you know, really pointing to people's true life experiences and just connecting people to really dive deep into the, the realities of what overcoming this is. It's not something, it's just like building a business or anything. It doesn't happen overnight. Right. You, know, you don't just go to counseling and have one breakthrough and then there you go, you're done. It's like, no, there are so many levels to the self. There's so many levels to you that once you understand that you get to experience you, it's honestly a beautiful thing. And I feel like creativity like flows out of that, you know, when you tap into it and you start seeing life pop up all around you rather than negativity or addiction or people screwing you over or whatever it may be, you know, you start to see a better thing. So I, I don't know. That's just kind of like how my story played out. But, uh, so you traveled to San Diego, where else did you get to go when you, cause I know you were doing like a travel blog for a little bit. Yeah. So I've been to a few places in the U S um, New Orleans, um, Arizona, got to go up to the green Canyon, um, San Diego. I've been all over the East coast. Um, I got to go down to Peru and I got to go, um, through, um, like major cities throughout Europe. That's pretty cool. Did did you spend incredible? Did you feel like, uh, connecting to nature helped your journey in any way? Like it assisted like healing and stuff. Did you find yourself trying to get connected back to, I don't know, the earth, I guess. Absolutely. Um, 
there's something to be said for being somewhere that that wasn't man-made um that it's just there's something to be said for to just stand there and absorb the environment that you're in and realizing like what a small fraction you are of this gigantic universe and so i I, you know i know that that sounds very cheesy and saying but it's so true like there's this place called a sunset cliffs in san diego that i mean it it's a storybook like you walk out there and it's like you're in a movie like everything the colors are are just it's so impressive and there's no other word for it and so when you're standing there and you're looking at these things or like being in Sedona where they have these like positive and negative vortexes or going to the Grand Canyon or um you know I got to do Machu Picchu which which is man-made but we're in the mountains so being in all these different places and seeing all these different environments like it's it's absolutely incredible like it does it grounds me um and it has every time every time i go somewhere it's a very grounding experience and it makes me um it makes me grateful for being alive that it makes me grateful for being able to see it and it it also makes me grateful for uh being able to see like being able to see how big the the world is out there you know i think sometimes it can feel a little suffocating so when you get to have those views and get to have those experiences, I do think it makes a difference in your mental health. Yeah, no doubt. That's a that was where another angle that I started to find a lot of assistance in is just connecting to nature again, uh, reaching out and and touching, you know, walking barefoot in the grass and feeling connected. And like you said, you you get this perception that you. It's almost like when you understand that you are a very small piece of the puzzle, your problems get smaller. Yeah. But when your problems get smaller, then you feel more personal empowerment because you don't feel so overwhelmed by uh, circumstance or by environment because you realize that there are so many environments and so many things to experience. And I feel like it's really just kind of this process of expanding your mind. And the more you do that, the more you kind of see the perspective, like, you know what, this thing, yes, it's with me. It's kind of like a little parasite, but that's just what it is. It's a very small thing. And it was one circumstance and one aspect, one experience that I had, but there are so many other experiences and something that uh, one of my mentors teaches me and it's helped me to understand is like, look, whenever you want to get rid of a memory or a thought pattern, you have to replace it with something. And so spending this time in nature is kind of giving yourself different memories to fall back on, different thoughts to to drive your day instead of constantly going back to these limited times in your life when you felt powerless or empty or hurt or, you know, abused. So it's it's incredible, honestly, just how connecting to nature can just it provides its own healing. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, something so simple too that you wouldn't even think about but it does it makes a huge difference in your in your mental state yeah there's a so what's uh you've come a long way what uh what what would you say is the kind of the thing that you're focusing on right now really trying to that link you know is there like a lingering issue or something that you're still pushing 
to get past or kind of where are you at right now? Um, I think I constantly have this, um, I constantly have this fear of failure. Um, I think that's a very generic statement, but, uh, that's something that I really, I've always, um, I've always battled with, um, things have, you know, things haven't been easy for me, but lately things have just fallen into place and it's come, you know, opening this business, it came, it came easy to me. I was able to pick it up. I was able to run with it. I was, I've been able to be successful with it. Um, but now like everything being in my name, everything, um, all these people who rely on me, that, that fear of failure is definitely something that I'm having to overcome. And I think that there's a sense that if you mess up once that you're done and I'm trying to teach myself that if I mess something up, if I fail, if for some reason that this business doesn't work out for me, um, I'm trying to teach myself that that isn't the end of my life. That isn't the end of my successes that I may have. Um, and so that's kind of where I'm at now is just trying to retrain my brain in that aspect is that this is not, this is not the end of my life. You know, I look back at all the things that I've, that I've gone through and that I've learned the past, um, the past few years. And I'm, I'm teaching myself that it's okay if something gets messed up, if something fails, you pick up where you're left off and you keep moving. Yeah. That's it's before you step into and experience your personal power, then a failure seems detrimental but once you walk into the idea and truly experience your strength you understand that you know what no matter what happens even if i fall down like i have the power to recreate i have the creative energy and the love energy that i need to make whatever it is that i need to make to overcome whatever obstacle and the more you step into that personal belief you know, the, the stronger you get and the more momentum you build. And next thing you know, you're living your dream and you're just, you know, you find that peace. And I found that a, a, a struggle for me was believing that peace was attainable. You know, that, that seemed to be peace and freedom were the big things for me because uh, just, you know, anxiety is always that thing that wants to creep in and, come out of nowhere and make you believe stupid stuff and when you finally experience peace for the first time it's the same as we talked about you you get that feeling of freedom or that feeling of peace and you just chase that and you seek to recreate that and build your life around that absolutely Um, what what's uh besides nature what's our what are some things that you do to practice peace in your life i would i would have to say um you know, I've started teaching, um, I've started teaching different fitness classes. Uh, and I think that brings it to me because, you know, one of the things that I never even imagined myself doing is, um, is helping other people, you know, for so long, I was just trying to survive myself. And so I think more than anything, it's, it's teaching those classes or, you know, watching my clients, drop weight or get healthy, whatever they, whatever they're looking for, getting those text messages. That's that feeling of, of being able to help other people 
when I, you know, I never, never in a million years thought that I would be able to overcome what I've overcome. I've never in a million years thought that I would be able to help people the way I do. So for me, those, those are probably the most peaceful moments is knowing that like, there is a difference that I'm making like a genuine difference in making the world a better place and making people happier. And that, you know, that has been, that drive, that drives me more than anything. Yeah. That when you, I find that the, I, I like to call it the trauma mind or the trauma brain. It loves to isolate and separate, but the more you connect and ground and pour out, it's like you start to find out that you're never going to run out of this, you know, this thing to give to others and giving others is not, it doesn't, it doesn't have to drain you. It's actually when we resist that and we suppress our desire to help and to love and to, you know, cultivate peace that we actually exhaust ourselves. And when we let go and allow ourselves to connect, which can be scary, especially going through like something like what you went through connecting to other people, that can be extremely overwhelming at times. Absolutely. You know, and, uh, and then, of course, you add in just that there seems to always be an element of anger. You know, uh, uh, anger is something that I struggle with, just, uh, you know, just feeling mad that some, this thing occurred or feeling uh, helpless or powerless also creates like a lot of anger. So the more that we step into our power, the more we can overcome that resentment and anger that kind of overshadows everything we do and makes things not as not as beautiful and you know when you i know it it's hard to i don't always say it in public and to other people because it's not that accepted in culture but something i had to deal with was as a man feeling beautiful and feeling and experiencing the beauty of life and understanding that there are there are aspects to who everyone is that are beautiful and for me that really helped to kind of delve into my creative ventures with my writing and stuff like that because I felt so hideous and out of place like I didn't belong in the world like I wasn't supposed to be here and um I don't know just the more that it seems I connect to other people the more I give the more I pour out the more that I feel those things I feel peace and joy and happiness and I experience beauty and, and you even start to notice the beautiful things in the world more. You know, it's uh, it changes yeah. everything. You ever like walk out of, of a store or you're driving down the road and you turn your head and they're just like the sky looks bluer for some reason. Right. Like, I don't know how else to describe that moment, but like I get those moments all the time now where I'm like, Oh my God, like how can we live somewhere that's this beautiful how can we be in an environment like this and I it's those it's not when I'm searching for it's always in those small minuscule tasks that I'm doing that I always find those those moments right yeah it's it seems that uh you start finding things to be grateful for uh once you get out of that mindset of feeling like the world is against you you start to appreciate things and you kind of, you can enter a state of gratitude where just you're just so grateful for everything that the universe has to offer, everything your life has to offer, and then everything starts becoming an opportunity. You know, like look at what you've built up. I'm, before, like even for me, before I didn't see opportunities. It was hard for me to solve problems, and then as I learned to practice gratitude, it was like everything became an opportunity. 
everything was an opportunity of expression, of sharing, of connecting. And the more grateful we are, the better it gets. Yes, I I mean, I 100% agree. I think that beforehand, um, I was the type of person where life happened to me all the time. Uh, No matter what it was, it could be something that was so small and insignificant and it would, I would always, always turn it into some big, huge deal. It was something like every day I'd walk into work and this and this and this happened to me. And it, it realized, I realize now, you know, I got a, a speeding ticket a couple months ago and I realized that I didn't even tell anyone about it. And for me, that was a huge victory that may seem so insignificant to somebody else, but I didn't want to be the person where life is constantly happening to me, happening to me. I want to be the person who's living my life. And I do, I feel so much more grateful for that perspective uh, because it's, it's that getting out of that victim mentality, like where things stop happening to you and you, you know, I stop looking at all these negative things and I do search out for more opportunities. Right. Yeah. That's, that's a, I love that description of it where it's, you're not life's not happening to you anymore it's like you're happening to life you become the catalyst you become the point of impact you become the change and when you can start to see that and start growing out of victimhood it, there's so much weight that comes off of your back i mean just so much weight and pressure where you feel that everything is so overwhelming for me it even helps my anxiety a lot when i can get into that impactful state where i'm acting and creating then it eliminates anxiety because things don't feel overwhelming anymore. You feel like that old poem says you're the captain of your ship. You know, you're steering the wheel. You're taking yourself where you want to go. And the more, the more people that can realize that the better the world will be, you know, because you, you're not trapped in all these, I don't know. It just seems to be like these, you give all these rules to yourself and boundaries and all these like, Oh, I can't do this and this and this. You find this when you find that freedom, you, you know, all you want to do is good things, that anger and that bitterness and even like hatred that sometimes can can occur is it starts to fade away. And you just find yourself, you know what, always wanted to help, always want to make the world a better place, because even in situations that aren't that beautiful or aren't that peaceful, you find yourself uh, developing the strength to make them that way. You know, and especially in your line of work, I mean, you're helping people transform their lives. It's uh, it's truly incredible. Yeah, it's watching watching these people um, who say that they've never been able to do something or watching these people who have struggled with their weight and watching them watching them grow, I think, is, you know, this idea that we've got to we've got to build something for ourselves or we, you know, it's not necessarily that. Let me rephrase this. Um, This idea that we are out there trying to, I I have this image in my head where people are constantly clawing at each other, trying to get to the top, you know, like that's this idea that I've always had in my head. You have to destroy other people to, to build yourself up. And so coming out of that and watching how the more that I give of myself, the more that instead of clawing at somebody that I give them a hand up, that I reach out and I pull them up with me, the more that I build myself, 
And so that's an image that I constantly have in my head is the, this, my power comes from the power that I give other people. And I do agree with you that the more that I give, I know other people are giving as well. Um, Not just back to me, but to everybody. And if the world had that point of view where instead of clawing at each other and climbing on top of each other to get to the top, if we pull each other up, we can all be there and be there with the connections that we need to do it. Yeah. There's uh, the biggest lie. This, I don't know. I say, I probably say this too much. People might get annoyed with how much I say it, but I always say the biggest lie told around the world is the lie of scarcity. Scarcity is non-existent. It's just that, like you said, we're, we're fighting each other and trying to take from each other. But the reality is there's plenty for everyone to go around. And the pro- one of the reasons that scarcity even exists is because rather than stepping into our individual personal power, uh, a lot of just kind of this, the, I don't know, I don't want to get political, but the capitalist mindset is to create as much profit and profit looks like this. You have to look this way, act this way, be this way, talk this way. And it's, it's this giant assimilation and people aren't experiencing their individuality. And so it creates this idea of scarcity because everyone's trying to take the same thing and people are trying to be something they don't even really want to be. And they're fighting other people to get things they don't even want just so they can feel loved. And it, it's that's not how the system works you know it's not how it it's not how it's designed and when you let go of that need to assimilate or to you know become a mirror image of something anything besides yourself uh it's like that outward in when you learn to live inside out it it changes everything it's the scarcity doesn't have to be a part of your life it doesn't have to be a part of society it doesn't have to be a part of our existence as a as a human race and that's one thing that I want to combat is just that idea because scarcity in this fear of loss is what creates so much violence and what creates abuse, which creates trauma. You know, it's a, it's a big machine that feeds itself and uh, we can put it, we can put a stop to it. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing. It's with anybody who, who, anybody who acts on these feelings, um, of abuse usually tends from their own lack of power and their own lack of self-esteem. And so I, I agree with you hundred percent, like this constant, like this constant need to, of fulfillment. Um, I do think plays a huge part in the way that people are, um, the way that people are traumatized. Yeah, there's a, it, it, I don't know. It's, it, I call it like, I don't know, junk, junk food for the soul. There's all kinds of junk food out there that gives you some sort of feeling, but it never, it never fulfills. And it just seems that the only thing that really fulfills is, you know, what we've hit on here, just giving yourself up to others, just being willing to, and that's not to say that you don't have boundaries because I think that some people can misconstrue that. Absolutely. Um, and, well, actually, let's, if you don't mind, share, uh, can you talk about boundaries a little bit? What are some things you've learned about boundaries and how you love other people, but yet how there is a level of healthy boundary that you have to set? Uh, absolutely. That's, um, 
I mean, that, that plays a huge part into how I view my relationships now. Um, you know, it took me a long time to trust people, but when I trusted them, I trusted them wholeheartedly and I would give every piece of me. And so one of the things that I had to learn is it's okay to love everybody with the amount that I was loving them. But what wasn't okay was giving up pieces of myself just so that they would love me back. And a, a lot of the time I would have this feeling that I was the only one who was messed up. I was the only one who had all these problems. You know, everybody has their own demons. And I've had to learn that the hard way that they're going through things and they're struggling and my reliance on them to be the healthy one and me to be the one who had mental health problems. Like that's not true. Like everybody has their own issues that they have to deal with. And if I'm constantly trying to give and give and give, I'm feeding these people's demons. And so setting those boundaries, you know, it's, it's a balance because I think we have this idea it needs to be 50, 50. Um, And when I first started going to therapy, I very much had the idea of 60, 40, like they had to give me 60 and I would, I would give them 40, you know, that's where I would meet them. Um, Now it's, it's even more than that. Like it's a give and take, like sometimes they need to give 70% and I can only give 30 and vice versa. And that goes with every relationship that, that I have, you know, I've reconnected with my family and I'm there for them. I'm there to help them. But, you know, I've learned to say no when it impedes what I need. Um, and it's okay to say no to people. And before I, you know, had this fear that if I said no to the people that I love, that they were going to leave me and I was going to be alone. And so setting right. boundaries is incredibly important because it's okay to say no to people. Um, then they're still going to love you. And in that same, in that same breath, sometimes you do need to go the extra mile for the people that you love. You know, sometimes they can only give 30% and you have to meet them with that 70. The, the imbalance comes from when it's always at that pace where you're constantly giving everything and they're giving nothing. So it's, you know, boundaries need to exist but it needs to come it has to have a balance and if you don't have that balance in every single one of your relationships you know at some point it's gonna fail um you know i know that's blunt but if you cannot create a system where both of you are getting the 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 fuel that you need your relationship's gonna fail right and i I think that Another thing, like you said, that kind of fear of being alone, uh, it also stems from what we were talking about, like a lack of personal power and a lack of self-love and self-acceptance. And so whenever you're afraid to lose someone, sometimes there are people that you need to lose because they're not they're not healthy. Yes. They're not healthy for you. Uh, you don't want to be around them. And sometimes we as individuals want to elevate the illusion that we have of our life. We don't want that shattered because of our fears, but unless you allow the illusion to be shattered, you know, you're never going to experience authentic life. You're not going to notice the bluer sky. You're not going to notice the beautiful sunset. You're not going to notice uh, uh, someone doing something amazing and want to give them an encouraging word. Those things aren't going to happen unless you learn to live authentically. And when that illusion shatters, it can be very difficult Uh, because there are people in our lives that we thought, so highly over that we thought we had such a close relationship with or that we thought, you know, 
and, and when you let that go, you realize, you know what, actually, the only thing holding that together was the illusion. The only thing that kept that what it was, was uh, me not accepting the reality and not set. It was unhealthy. Right. And when healthy becomes the new normal, unhealthy looks a lot worse than it used to. You know, you're like, wow, I can't believe <laughs> right. that I dealt with that. It's a. Uh, but it's so important. It's just so important. And I just, I hope that people listen to this and, and have, you know, find that encouragement and to allow those illusions to be shattered because you are strong enough. Like you can make it through that. And uh, that leads me to uh, where, uh, where can people go to kind of watch your story and, you know, kind of get whatever me workout tips or, uh, you know, websites, whatever it is that you have for people to follow or like. Yeah. So, um, we do some things here and there on Derby city, uh, nutrition. You can go to Instagram or Facebook. It's the same thing at Derby city nutrition. Um, we do, um, some different specials and things like that. Um, you can follow my personal, uh, page. It's, uh, my Instagram is Dana source flex. Um, I'll get a tag to you. It might be <laughs> easier. <laughs> but um dinosaurus flex flex. it kind of it worked it's perfect so um but i also i right now especially with the coronavirus and stuff um i've been doing a lot of online classes the best way um is to reach out to me personally um either through my instagram or facebook or through um derby cities because um you know i still like i said i still go above and beyond for everybody you know, I'm still going to give you everything that I can give you to help you succeed. And so, um, you know, there's so many different tools that are out there and whatever you need, um, whether it's Herbalife or um, information on intermittent fasting, you said you did that. Like there's there's too many tools out there. Um, so it doesn't matter if it's if it's through the products that have worked for me or if it's through something else. Um, I want to help as many people as I can. Absolutely. We, we're all about getting people the tools they need and empowering others. And that's, that's awesome. Uh, what, uh, what's kind of, what, what message do you want to leave for people? The, the core thing that you want people to take away from your life, your story, what is the, the message? If I don't know if you've ever put it in words before, if you've ever thought about it like that, but what do you want to leave people with kind of your thoughts on, you know, personal empowerment, just the whole thing. What do you want to say? Um, if I had to put it into words, I would say it gets better. You know, um, I actually met you when I was at the lowest of the low. Um, you know, I, I'm very glad that I'm still here today. If it wasn't for my dog, I probably wouldn't be. Uh, but that's the one thing I've got to say is it, it gets so much better. It takes a lot of hard work. It takes a lot of self-love. Um, it, you know, at times it takes a lot of isolation and it takes, it, it, it'll take everything out of you. But when you do hit that turning point and you finally get to see the beautiful colors and get to experience things that you never thought you'd experience, um, you realize that everything that you've put in to being better was worth it but you just have to be willing to push yourself. Um, you know, I've, re- I've read this self-help book called The Beauty of Discomfort. And I think so often we are content with staying comfortable. 
um, because we don't want to put in the hard work. We don't want to feel uncomfortable. We don't want to plow through the hurt. And, you know, like you said, we don't want to, a lot of people just don't want to go to that, that higher elevated mindset because it's uncomfortable, but there is something to be said for pushing outside of your comfort zone. There's something to be said for doing that hard work and, and putting things at risk because it can, it can only get better if you are willing to put the work in. Right. It's uh, what you said. Uh, it takes everything out of you. It's, uh, I don't know. The image I have of that is if you, you sit down to drink a glass of water and there's poison in it, you know, it could be a very small amount of poison, but you have to dump the whole glass out, clean it and then refill it. So when you start that journey of, uh, self-recovery, uh, of healing, of self-love and all that stuff, like the goal is for it to take everything out of you. And that's why it feels so hard because, you have some, there's some poison in there and you got to get it out and you got to refill yourself with things that aren't tainted by that. And, you know, it's, you know, obviously not a perfect metaphor because like you said, you're always going to deal with these uh, thoughts are always going to try to come back to you. They're always going to be a temptation to slip. But uh, one of my favorite Marvel movies is Dr. Strange and the, uh, the ancient one, the character ancient one, she tells him that we never get rid of our demons. We simply learn to live above them. And that's that's the whole goal is that we can all elevate ourselves. Um, and I'm just glad that I got to bring you on this on the show and talk about that story because, you know, people will listen. You're already helping people. And this is just another avenue that we can continue to encourage others and bring that message of hope. So thank you so much for coming on, Dana. It's been awesome. We're going to get your uh, your uh, social media stuff out there so people can follow you from afar, even contact you. Um, it's been awesome. I had fun. Yeah, I did too. I really appreciate it. Especially like knowing where we were when we met, I think it's almost seven years now and seeing how, how you've grown and seeing your, seeing the growth that you've gone through and seeing you and Dustina together. It's such a beautiful thing. And I'm, I'm so happy for you guys and I'm so happy for the growth that, that you've been able to experience. So I appreciate you bringing me on and being giving me the opportunity and the platform to share my story. Absolutely. Empowerment to you. And uh, I hope that uh, things get better. I know right now this pandemic's got things wild, but we'll figure it out. We'll make it through. So we've been through uh, a lot. So we can uh, push through. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Stay strong. And uh, it's been great. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day.